Hey everyone, so it's season four. You may or may not have noticed I was gone for a week, but that's okay. I noticed that I had a little bit of a break, which was nice. So I hope everyone's doing well, and I can't believe it's already September. We're already in fall, apparently, which is incredible, because I just, a year ago at this time, I was thinking about starting this podcast, well actually probably a month before this, but I was in the process of getting the name together and messaging my friend Rob with just variations of this name and so many other ones and I was getting the logo about this time. So it's been it's been quite something. I'm almost at fifty episodes. That'll be coming up soon. This season four, I don't know why I did seasons, honestly. There's not really a difference, but I just I think the seasons give me a break. So season four, we're kicking it off with an astrologer. It's Michaela Davis. Some of you are probably already going, well, astrology, I don't get it, or I don't agree with it, or I don't buy it. That's fine. You don't have to. But you might really like what Michaela has to say. I think she's fantastic. She's a very positive person. It's a really light and fun conversation. She served in the military, and her path took her to astrology eventually. We... I think the thing I got the most out of, too, is just hearing how passionate she is about her work and her learning, and I think that that's the thing that I find most inspirational in people is that they're constantly learning and being curious and asking questions, and I just started school again about a week ago. I know a few of my classmates and I are all struggling with with it, it's really hard, and I kind of forgot <laughs> between spring and now how hard school was <laughs> again the last time I started school of course there had been 20 year gap between them now it's just been a few months but it's fun and it's it's good to be learning so we talk about Michaela and I talk a lot about people changing and just in, in editing I kind of thought a lot about that about how people change over time and how even we talked a little bit about our wake-up times changing and she was reading the 5am club, a book about people getting up at 5am, I guess. I still haven't looked it up because I just, I don't get up at that time. I've been getting up at 6.30, which is too early lately for me, just because of how late I stay up. But I think there is this pressure sometimes or this feeling that what we're doing isn't enough and it's not meeting societal expectations. I'm constantly dealing with that. I'm someone who will say, I don't care what people think, but then I'll do a lot of things in my life based on what people think. And I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but I certainly do. And it was nice just to talk about that with her a little bit, just about kind of meeting yourself where you are. Um, There's not a virtuous time to wake up in the morning is the point. There's not a virtuous time to go to bed. It's just when you're doing that. And I had a thing recently with a friend noticing how late I was on WhatsApp and messaging me saying, oh, you're up. And it's just kind of like, (laughs) it's not your business when I'm awake, you know, and when I'm sleeping, unless there's a concern, but I, it made me feel really bad. Like I shouldn't have been awake, but it was fine to be awake. And so I think that's one thing I want people to get out of this pre-episode chat is just what you're doing is okay. I mean, as long as you're not hurting yourself or someone else, but if you're going to bed early or late and getting up early or late, that's okay. Because I, I just feel like that ends up being a point where people judge you. And it's it's so weird. It's just it's super weird. So I want you to enjoy this episode with Michaela. I would love for people to share the podcast, follow, like. I want to get 
some nominations for this podcast award. So if you're interested in helping out with that, just contact me at morethanworkpod at gmail.com. Or if you know me, you know many other ways to contact me as well. And I appreciate you being here and listening. And that's it. So here we go. Welcome to More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self-worth is defined by more than your job title. I'm Rabia, an IT project manager, comedian, nonprofit volunteer, and sometimes activist. Every week, I'll chat with a guest about pursuing passions outside of work or creating meaningful opportunities inside the workplace. As you listen, I hope you'll be inspired to do the same. Here we go. All right, everybody. I, again, I always say I'm really excited, but I am really excited to talk to this guest. I actually have been a client of hers and we'll talk a little bit about that, but she is Michaela Davis, professional astrologer at the Scenic Route Astrology. Hey, Michaela. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Very, very happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks. I'm happy to have you here too. Yeah. We finally got it right. Gemini, Mercury, retrograde kind of messed us up a little bit but now we're here we're good i'm really excited we can start with i did go to you for a reading because i just i don't know i was interested in it i guess i'll start with like the question that is probably the most rude question but what do you say to people (laughs) you say you're an astrologer and they're like oh i don't believe that oh it's so funny that you just said that because i was at taking myself to dinner the other night and I was like writing and at the bar and I was sitting next to a lawyer and his son and the, the lawyer just started talking to me. Like he just grabbed my ear and then he was asking me questions. He, said, what do you, he was very interested in what I was doing. And I was like, Oh, I'm just an astrologer. I'm working on some articles. And he was very into it. But his son, he was like, can you please convince my son? Can you please give, uh, give him the whole spiel or whatever? So like, you know, I don't try to force it on anybody. I just, it's kind of like it will come to you. I basically will say, you know, if you don't believe in it right now, if you're like not aligned with this kind of thing, that's totally fine. But I think it will find you eventually if you're open to it and you won't be able to turn it away. There'll be a calling. So you don't get offended or anything? No, no, I don't. No, not at all. No. Yeah. I've done many things in my life that I could get offended over and I just learned to just turn the other cheek. So <laughs> yeah. forget it. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I feel like some people if if they're super religious and stuff, they'll mm. wanna ask me a lot of questions and I very much take astrology from a really broad perspective and I layer a lot of beliefs and traditions and religions and, and I I've been doing a lot of deep diving into it all. I love documentaries on it. I love reading books on it, articles, taking classes and stuff that I really feel like it all comes down to the same source at the end. Mm -hmm. And I'm so strong in my beliefs about that, that whatever other people believe, I understand that it's probably a generational pass down and it's layered between, you know, their their upbringing and their culture that they were raised in and stuff. So it doesn't bother me. I come from an understanding. You know, I grew up in a, a Catholic Christian house, kind of. 
where they just believed in God. But when I joined, I was in the military. So when I joined the military and you have to put a religion on your ID tag, I was a very confused 18 year old. So I put Roman Catholic, (laughs) never went to church or anything, you know, so I wanted to put Buddhism, actually, like there was an inner calling at that time. Yeah. Buddhism on there, but I knew nothing about Buddhism, but I knew I was interested in it at the time. Mm-hmm. But it kind of just resulted to Roman Catholic. <laughs> That's so, I didn't even ever realize that that ends up on your tags. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They, they put your name, your social security, your blood type and your uh, religion preference. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. You started your really your adult life in the military. So you went right when you were 18. Yeah. And yeah. into the army. Yes. So how did you come to decide to do that? I finished high school and I wasn't really in involved with the, the high school crowd. I kind mm-hmm. of felt older than everybody else in my grade. And so I was always drawn to working So I was always a hard worker. I would sometimes skip school to go to work. And so when I got out, I, you know, I wasn't feeling the call to go to college and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just at the time it was definitely like what everyone was trying to do was go to school, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I had family in the military and, you know, there was benefits, the athletic perspective of that was really appealing to me because I was very much involved in, you know, being working out, being athletic all the time. And I looked at boot camp as like a challenge Mm -hmm. and that it was something that could help set up my future. So I knew I didn't want to go active duty. So I ended up joining the National Guard. But yeah, I was I was ready. I was getting out of a breakup. And like my little 18 year old heart was broken. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to get away. So I joined. Yeah. And it was, it was good. It was, it was a life changing 11 weeks in boot camp. My family very much prepped me for what was to come. Boot camp was hard. Don't get me wrong, but my drills were hilarious, <laughs> very sarcastic. And that is their job is to like make you miserable, but also be funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so how long did you stay in? Seven years total. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's something. I mean, just the fact that, you know, you kind of that ended up being a good path for you. And then you stayed in that long as well. Because is it four years, right? Is like the minimum, basically. Yeah, yeah. If you you go active duty, it's four. If you go guard or reserve, it's six years. And then I ended up re-enlisting, I was getting promoted. So I stayed another year. And I probably would have kept going. But at the time, I was in a serious relationship and he had the opportunity to go to China for work. So I ended up moving, I ended up getting, finishing my contract and then moving to China with him for a year. So, you know, the military was really, really good for teaching me about leadership, teamwork, team building, working hard, survival techniques and tactics, and really learning how to main control over yourself in uncontrollable situations or what they seem like are uncontrollable. It's really, really good life skills that you can apply throughout anything in your entire life. I made a lot of good friends and connections 
during my, my years and that as well. So, but it was time for me to go and I felt, I felt the shift. So my unit was getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan, but Mm. then the love of my life was moving to China. It was like very much a crossroads, but I ended up in China. When you were in the national guard, did you end up in the U S only, or did you end up getting going out to other places in the U S yeah. 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 All over the U S though, but yeah. Yeah. How was that lifestyle? I mean, just you probably had to move whenever you were told, I assume, or did you have a choice about that? No, because with the National Guard, you are stationed at your home base or whatever state that you joined in. So Mm -hmm. I was stationed in Massachusetts. I live in Rhode Island now, but I was stationed in Massachusetts. And we did a lot of trips. Like we did a lot of, they were like longer work trips and you could sign up for them and you would get paid active duty because you would be on, you know, quote unquote, active duty orders for X amount of weeks. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we would drive equipment to other units that, you know, in Wisconsin or in New York, Fort Drum or, or New Jersey, stuff like that. So you would have opportunities to, to work full time and basically get active duty pay, but while in the National Guard. So, you know, for anybody who wants to join the military still, I think the National Guard is a really good <laughs> way to go because you can get that active duty essence from it, but you don't have to do that full commitment if that's not like the lifestyle you want every day. Right. To be gone for months at a time. And yeah. yeah. Did you ever think, Oh, I wish I would have done something else. Or were you happy to be doing that? So I went straight to college after high school and I definitely, it isn't until now, like 20 years later that I'm starting to really focus on what I want to be doing. Oddly Mm -hmm. enough, you know, even though you're supposed to decide when you're 18. And so I think you gave yourself a little bit of space. Did you ever, feel like, oh, I should have done something else? Or do you feel like that was the right thing? That So I'm glad that I didn't go to school for, for myself because my family didn't have the financial um, independence to help me with college. So, you know, and because I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. I, I was terrified of student loans. And I am glad that I went through those experiences. I definitely think that you know, before we turn 29, we are reliving past karmic jobs that we've had. And so I'm an Aries sun in the sixth house. So now when I look at my chart, and I can explain why this makes sense. But now when I look at my chart, I understand, you know, why I was drawn to the military, and that it was about finishing up karmic debts, like maybe I was a soldier, you know, in the Roman wars back then, or, you know, some kind of knight, I could could be a knight in shining armor. (laughs) 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 Son in the sixth house is is a son that came here to be of service to others. And because it's naturally ruled by Virgo, which you have, I think, natally in Mm -hmm. your chart. And so you you come here with with a karmic feeling to be of service in some way. And Aries is very much of the fire cardinal sign, the warrior type of archetype. So I had a lot of Aryan energy that really needed to be put somewhere, like a lot of fire and a lot of fight in me. So it was the perfect space that I needed to like figure those things out and get the training that I wanted to get. And it was definitely stability, which I needed. I think 
I'm so grateful actually now because it led me to where I am at now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was definitely a love hate relationship sometimes in the military because I think like any job you can, you can come into situations where people abuse their power. And yeah. so for the military, it's like that with rank and people will try to abuse their rank. And if you're of a lower rank, you know, you have to respect your authority, but I have a hard time with, if people are wrong, <laughs> like I'm going to tell them <laughs> they're wrong, you know, not doing the right yeah. thing, or, you know, so, which was a, it was a good and a bad thing when I was in my younger years of my military career, you know, they'd be like, Davis, do more push-ups. My mouth would get me in trouble. But then as the <laughs> years progressed, they were like, well, you're a really great leader. We're going to promote you because you're going to do the right thing and you're going to get the job done. So it was definitely a growing experience. Yeah. 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 No, it sounds like, I mean, it. it's one of those things where I think the people who do go and do that, they end up with this invaluable experience overall that definitely does change how they look at things going forward and how they like handle issues, like you said. So then how was China, that experience of living in China? Because that's really going from, were you in Massachusetts to China? That's very different. <laughs> it was so different. And I had never been out of the country before. Wow. <laughs> That's so, really jumping into the international <laughs> travel, moving to China. Like out of all countries. And I never thought I would be in China. So China, I know that, you know, China is getting a lot of uh, bad hype right now. Yeah. But it really is like, if you can take away the government and the communism and, and, and understand what the people are going through there. For me living there and talking to many, many natives in the country, they are wonderful people and they are terrified of their Mm -hmm. government and they have to watch out what they say and do. And I had a couple of wild experiences while I was there about this surrounding this, the culture there is, is so different than us, but we're all the same. We're all mm-hmm. the same. And I, I learned so much more about, you know, they, they knew so much about American culture and our history. And I came over there, like not really knowing much. And I felt like kind of a jerk because they were very inquisitive and asking us questions and they knew so much more, even more about the American revolution than I knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And they're so intelligent and they want to learn and, you know, just even things like, like they learn English in school, you know, in Mm -hmm. secondary school, and that we aren't really forcing those kind of things, right. And it just kind of makes me feel like they're a bit more, yes, our government is not expanded in the in the way that we would like them to be expanded, if that makes sense. But the people in general are very open, very caring, very helpful. I would just be walking down the street and I would be having a hard time finding something and somebody would help me and they they just go out of their way. I'll walk you over here. It's just a few blocks. I'll show you where, you know. Yeah. And not ask you for something after. Like if you get lost, I remember getting lost in Memphis one time and this guy was like, oh, it's over here. And then I immediately realized we shouldn't have followed him because then he asked us for money after and he wouldn't leave us alone until we gave him money. And it was like, uh, okay. You know, it's super scary. I actually try to help people here 
or even in London if I know where they're going because I know it's scary not to know and then you don't want people asking you for money <laughs> if you get directions. To me, that's like a scarcity mindset, which runs very strong in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the town that I lived in was super, super rural. And you'd go to the farmer's market for your food. That's where you got it. Like you didn't have a grocery store. And I remember being at the market and I was with this one lady who just had like peppers and oranges and just some random stuff. And there was a lot of competition on the street if you were a farmer. Okay. Mm. And I'm looking through her peppers and I was like trying to pick out some because she she just looked like I needed to buy some food from her. Like, so I just wanted to give her some business, but she picked up the peppers and she was basically telling me these are no good. And she brought me down like two stalls down to somebody else who is selling better looking peppers. And because she just genuinely wanted to sell me like good food and I yeah. just thought that, that was wild because she obviously needed it too, you know, so I bought other stuff from her, but it's, it's that kind of like community that I find there. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And especially after this year, I mean, just the looking at China in a certain way, it's really hard because like any, any country is not defined by certain people in their country or whatever, you know, for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, the lack of freedom they have is, I mean, I (laughs) tweeted a lot of stuff and, and whatever, and you can do that, you know, and said whatever I want and text my friends, whatever I want. And, you know, we can do that. And, and about anyone, I mean, people are doing it now too, right? It depends on when you're sending texts about who, but they can't do that there. I mean, there's no way, right? No. There, it's it's really kind of. I didn't realize how insanely closely they are watched. Mm-hmm. And man, I don't know. I'll tell this story. One night we were out in Guangzhou, I believe it was. There's some town that was kind of rural, but a little bit more city. And you know, we were trying to find an ATM. And this one guy, he helped us find an ATM, Chinese native. And then we were like, oh, we'll buy you a drink. Come to come to the bar after. So we took him to the bar and we spent the whole night there talking to him. And he just ended up crying because he was an engineer, chemical engineer in the Chinese military and telling us all this crazy stuff that was going on. And he felt he was just so sad about it because it's not what he joined and signed up to do. Mm. And and he was having severe like trauma from his what he had to do and his experiences and stuff. And then the next day, my my ex had gotten a text on WeChat, and mm-hmm. we don't even know how he got his number because he never gave him his number. It was super weird. And he was like, "Did I share anything that I shouldn't have shared?" Because I he got I guess he got some kind of phone call from the government. It was super Whoa. super super weird yeah yeah and uh, you know so you know then it was kind of like an eye-opening experience of how widely that they're watched you know yeah 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 that yeah so terrifying i mean it's bad enough for us that you know amazon and google and whatever and facebook and all them are watching us essentially right and like we talk about something and i'm sure tomorrow i'll get served an ad about 
China, like travel to China or something now at this point, but like, yeah, you know, and, but that's not even the government. That's just like kind of things we opted into unwittingly, but man, that's not so like, and it's interesting that you hadn't traveled anywhere. So you were 27, hadn't gone out of the country. And I think that's the case with a lot of people. I mean, I, I feel very privileged that I've been out of the country so many times, like, and I haven't even been out that much compared to others, but what do you think, like, have you been out of the country since then to travel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually, so I got back when I was like 25 or 26. And then the travel bug just hit me like mm-hmm. so bad. So I was just, and then, you know, I had broken up with him. So again, the heartbreak thing for me is very much like, let's go on a journey. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Let's go travel. I went to a few countries. I went to Barcelona and Rome and Costa Rica, the Virgin Islands. I've been to Thailand. I love, I love Asia. Yeah. Yeah. We are. I feel like we are privileged. Like if, if somebody can get the chance to go experience another culture, like please go, you know, if you haven't, because it's incredible. And even for you, like living in a different country now, Mm -hmm. that is amazing. Yeah experience yeah it's really cool and i think you it it changes your way of looking at people and the way of thinking of people that are different than you and that even means though in your own country like you can look at the people who aren't exactly the same and then have more compassion and understanding like you said everyone like you identified that well they're just people right and did that happen for you just generally like the more you've traveled has that opened up your mind oh yeah 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 Definitely. Um, and it also really, it, it makes me feel very uh, privileged, grateful for the opportunities that I've had that, you know, other places I've been to don't, but also how I wish that we would adapt some of other cultures mm-hmm. um, like uh, siesta in the middle yeah. of the day. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> everyone should go home and nap (laughs) well you kind of do crash after lunch i mean it's just it's just kind of you struggle through and then aren't as productive and that and it's like we'd rather just have people at their desks and not productive yeah then give them a break and then have them be more productive for less hours like yeah you know same with working 12 hour days or 15 hour days it's like if you work an eight hour day that's more productive it's better than having this extension of time like almost if you weren't allowed to do that and you had to get your work done in a certain amount of time you probably would you know more than likely anyway yeah it, i mean it's you know that happy wife happy life saying it's it could go the same with your employees like mm-hmm. happy, happy employees happy business i don't know I'll work yeah. on that slogan but like <laughs> it's it's you know like People, every single one of us, we're not, we're not workhorses all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And we, we, I can study this. I can be in the chart and look at the chart and be like, okay, you're going to go through like a two and a half year Virgo period. And you're going to have a lot of energy to go and do all the work that you need to do. But then you can go through a Pisces transit where you really need to focus more on your body and, and, and what your body's telling you. And sometimes your body is literally going to tell you to take a nap because when you get up from that nap, you're probably going to have some incredible downloads or insight because you're refreshed, mm-hmm. regenerated, And yeah. So, and many countries do siesta, you know, mm-hmm. do they do it where you are? <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, but they start drinking around four from what I can see. So I guess that's where. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. So it's a different, they go to bed earlier, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you did all this and then what brought you into astrology? I mean, now it's definitely part of your life and well, it's your work, I know, but also you have been able to see yourself differently and your life differently, even as you're describing it now. So what brought you into that? So oddly enough, I was looking, I was, I started like this spiritual journey and awakening and I didn't really even realize it was a spiritual awakening, but there was slow and steady pulls to just start doing more inner work. And this is actually when I started my Saturn return and we all will go through Saturn return at 27 to 31, where you kind of go through a lot of changes a lot of changes in your life. And some people like completely uproot and move. Some people get divorced. Some people get in a relationship, which they end up getting divorced at the end of it. Just a numerous amount of things can happen. So I was going through a lot of changes and I was looking for apothecary schools because I wanted to start healing my body. And I was getting really into like tarot and tea, herbal stuff. And I stumbled upon Astrology University, which is one of the schools that I've been attending now. And I was like, what's astrology? Like, I had no idea. Never heard of it. And I did have a friend the previous year who was telling me about ayahuasca. And she had brought up that, you know, we have like a moon sign and a rising sign. But I kind of like put it in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. So... I looked at their website and I just felt everything was right. Like I kind of will jump right into something. Yeah. As you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) If I feel like it's right, you know, so I've tried to follow my intuition and, and strengthen the intuition. And I have not looked back since. And since I started astrology, school and and working in it and and then reading charts and working with clients and you know even timing stuff with like my friends my best friends lives there's so much synchronicity that happens between the celestial movements in the sky and what happens for us down here on earth that I didn't need any more proof because I was constantly seeing it show up and I come from I study like a bunch of different techniques. Like I do, I study Hellenistic. I deeply study evolutionary now, Western traditional. And because you can come at it from a bunch of different approaches and, you know, psychological. And the the healing that I've been able to do while incorporating it into my life was so profound. It was like therapy of a year in like one session, <laughs> right? It just yeah. has the ability to like speed everything up and get clarity around your purpose. And it was just so life changing for me. And I had so many amazing, beautiful moments that I knew it had to be incorporated in in every piece of my life. You know, Mm. it's like a way of life for me. Hmm. Yeah. How long did it take you to grasp the concepts? And I mean, I know you're constantly learning, but initially, Mm -hmm. how long did that take for you to understand? Because I think I know a lot of people and I've done it. I don't actually haven't done it in a while, but I know the first of every month, like Susan Davis or is that her name? 
this astrology lady that's like a congresswoman's name when i was young there was some lady i'm like i don't know who that is there was some astrology.com i don't know what that lady's name is now anyway that was really weird but she yeah it'll come to me at some point i'll look it up but there was like oh astrology zone what's oh yeah oh what is her name I'm going to find out what this lady's name is really quick. Susan Miller. All right. Susan Miller. Not Davis. Whatever. Shout out to a congresswoman, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> astrology reading. <laughs> but I remember like my, a couple of my friends would swear by it. Like I'll read every the first of the month. And then, but I would just read it and then be like, well, I don't know what this lady's talking about. Cause she would get in all this technical stuff. And so, you know, how did you approach learning about it, I guess? Because it seems overwhelming. Um, it can yeah. be super overwhelming for people, totally. And you can just... So I have a few areas to hit with this. So you can come at it from any direction you want, okay? And then you can go down a rabbit hole in research, which is fun, which can be fun. But then it can overload your brain. So yeah. I think... If like somebody is new and they're coming in and they're really interested to invest in a course, like a foundations course. And I'm working on a course actually called Mama Moons, where I'm going to help people understand what the moon sign means for Mm -hmm. you, other people's moon signs, and then how that can show up in your day to day life in the synchronistic changes with the moon the full moon and new moons that we have every month, like a really practical approach so that you can start understanding your emotional a body in your, your ancestral past, how you relate, how you nurture yourself, what you need for security and things like that. So, you know, I would find a course, whether it was like on the sun or the moon or the rising or all three, whatever you can handle. And, and, come at it from that approach and allow yourself to have time to digest things as well, because it is so much to cover and there's so much to learn. And I was in a position where I wasn't working for like two years. So I was able to study like I was in med school Mm -hmm. for eight hours a day and I just fully immersed myself in it. And there's a lot of books. I can recommend the inner sky by Stephen Forrest that's a really, really good book to get somebody started. And um, also pulling up your natal chart and just kind of poking around at it and getting to know the glyphs of the of the signs and the planets. Mm-hmm. And I would really start from there. But I would start, you know, you could you could start with the basic three, the sun, the moon, and the rising. And and just online research, book research, looking at what the sign means and then seeing how you resonate with the archetype of that sign Mm -hmm. as well. And then start to notice themes in your life and picking up themes in your life that you'll connect with, right? Like you'll connect with, Oh, okay. I, you know, I, you know, Scorpio rising, like I, you know, like to know other people's secrets. I like <laughs> to really know the truth, right? I don't really want to tell you my secrets, but I want you to tell me yours. I'm going to penetrate you and dig in deeper and get you to tell me your deepest, darkest soul. They're the, you know, truth diggers. They're very emotionally intelligent, but it can be very guarded up, you know, stuff like that. So you start digging into your archetypes and start 
finding the correlations there. I also highly suggest seeing an astrologer and getting multiple astrology readings because all these astrologers out there will have different backgrounds, different training, and it all kind of formulates together. Everyone's individual kind of background and training, no matter if they were an astrologer for 30 years or there was somebody like me who, you know, dabbled in other things first and then became an astrologer. We all have these different life skills and techniques and experiences that we bring to our work. And, you know, somebody like there's there's medical astrologers. There's Kara Sutherland is a great medical astrologer. And I think she's a nutritionist, like a certified nutritionist, right? So she will mm-hmm. come at it from a very holistic nutritional approach, you know. And then Kelly Surtees, which is one of our teachers in Astrology University, she is a psychologist and she does, I think, a lot of Hellenistic astrology. So she comes at it from an ancient Hellenistic approach with a psychology background. And I personally, myself too, like I look at my own chart all the time mm-hmm. and I have three other astrologers that I work with that are my coach <laughs> and yeah. they all have like one's a predictive you know, one's like a very much coachy, she she gets my my fire, my ball running, you know, and the other one's evolutionary. And he helps me uncover these inner wounds and, and the healing that I need. Astrology to me is such a, a good technique to just, just heal and to, to find direction and purpose and clarity and discover your own individuality. But we're so complicated and we're so complex. We might as well come at it from all these different approaches. Mm-hmm. You know, get every nook and cranny of yourself figured out and then you can blossom. Yeah. And it's just another tool, basically, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. If imagine and I totally see astrology on the rise. So many people are like, oh, I've been doing astrology. And I'm like, really? And I just think it would be so cool if we were all able to look at our charts and our transits Um, Because when you look at somebody's chart and then you begin to understand it, Mm -hmm. you understand where they're coming from and you have acceptance for them. Even if you're like a very accepting person, you're you're able to even more be accepting of of who they are or how they act or things like that because you understand their archetypes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's like the personality types thing. Everyone swears by Myers-Briggs. Even people put on dating apps, which I don't know. Or like, <laughs> then there's other, you know, then there's like the en- Enneagram, right? Or something like that, where mm-hmm. it's like your numbers. So, I mean, there's all different systems. I just feel like some of them, because someone named Myers or Briggs made it, like it seems more legit than what, you know what I mean? Like to business, for example. But maybe yeah. there's a case for oh, this system actually being informative about how to deal with people. Because you do that a lot at work. You like, they they do a lot of that. Or there's DISC. There's all these different ones at work where you learn about your team. So you know how to talk to people, manage them. So it aligns with that, really. Yeah, it does. It really does. If in, it's becoming a little bit more popular now for businesses to actually hire astrologers to help mm-hmm. them with the team building in their corporations or whatever and you can cast a chart for anything like you can cast a chart for the day that your cat was born or the business your business officially started you know officially came in llc you can pull a chart up for that and that comes into like predictive techniques or timing techniques horary astrology stuff like that and if you start to you know if you believe in it then you'll see this the synchronizations of stuff but yeah i if i 
I think if businesses could start incorporating that into the workplace, then, you know, you might understand why this person can't produce the work that you need right away all the time for the next two years because they're having a Mars and Pisces transit and they need naps, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they could, they could understand that themselves. Like, I don't know. A lot of times if we don't understand the why or even the what about ourselves, it's hard to heal that. And there's different ways of finding that out. Right. So yeah. Yeah. It could be a number of ways, but you end up stuck in kind of a way of, of being or working because that's what you're supposed to do. Cause that's generally what's accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I agree. I know. I, I like to tell people why box yourself, why limit yourself? You know, we're multidimensional human beings with so many complex layers and we change and we're evolving our whole entire life. So something that worked 10 years ago might not work now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I agree with that 100%. So how did you go from kind of just being curious about it, though, to actually deciding to make your own business? I really want to help people. (laughs) And it's so rewarding if people can find clarity in a difficult situation. Like, for instance, my best friend is moving. And literally this week, and we have a Mars opposite Saturn transit. So you're trying to take action on something, you're trying to go, your Mars energy is pulling you to go, but Saturn retrograde is opposing it. It's saying it's giving you like a speed bump in the road, right? Or a stop sign. Mm -hmm. And it's like, "Ah, not yet. Hold on. You got to wait a little longer. But it's not a transit that is uh, permanent. It's just like, a, it's just a speed bump, I call it. Mm -hmm. And I I was looking at her chart (laughs) yesterday. And I'm like, well, I feel like you're going to have some kind of hiccup or situation with like the money being transferred for your new house because you did transfer it to the bank. So the bank can do whatever they do or, you know, with the move, the movers happening or something, you know, I was talking to her about her chart and then literally six hours later, she texts me and she's like, you know, this is really annoying. (laughs) This astrology (laughs) (laughs) because the bank doesn't know where our money is and the movers can't fit their truck into our storage unit. And so now we have to hire a new moving company and we paid a deposit for them too. And I was like, it's not permanent. I swear. (laughs) You know, but it's stuff like that. So it actually helps you in a situation where you feel like, ah, you know, life, but you can actually be like, Oh wait, hold on. This is just the energy that I'm experiencing. And there's usually a hidden message in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not the energy is not here to hurt us. It's it's here to inform you of something and to uh, show you something like bring something to the surface into the light. I had this transit uh, a couple months ago, my transiting Mars was squaring my natal Mars. And it was happening in the house, the eighth house, which can represent debt and debt with other people. And then the fourth house where my home is. And Mars is like an action planet. And sometimes it was related to vehicles and accidents. And I was woke up at noon. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I woke up at noon that day. (laughs) Running, running behind on my schedule. So I was all like flustered. And I backed into my neighbor's car. Oh, God. And I looked at the transits like later when I was calmed down in the evening. And I realized 
Okay, this transit literally manifested into my physical reality. But the message was, you know, get up earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't put yourself in those situations, you know, a little more planning. And I was reading the 5am club book at the time. So is that it's just about getting up early? And yep, yep. Being at a club at 5am. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in that club either, because I stay up until one or two. I mean, ever since this whole thing started, and it's been over a year now, I just kind of reverted to my college hours, which yeah. were, you know, go yeah. to bed at two or three, yeah. but now I have to work. So like today I had an 8 a.m. meeting. Thanks a lot. And, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's fine. No <laughs> shame in that. No, no. And it's <laughs> like, you know, and then that's why I'm like, all right, well, the world is changing and I think people really want to live the life that they want to live. And, you know, some people really love the 5am life and, you know, some Mm -hmm. people do really well being a night owl and sometimes that changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it's just kind of, I think meeting yourself where you are on that sometimes because like now I'll have friends go, Oh God, you stay up so late. And I'm like, yeah, but I, this is, when am I supposed to do anything? You know, like yeah. it's almost nine o'clock now. I think that we're talking. So, you know, that what I'm supposed to go to bed, like in 10 minutes or something, like in the middle of the conversation. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things, but I almost think it's just expectations everyone has of what, you know, yeah. someone over 40 looks like someone in their twenties and yes. yeah, it's kind of interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to wake up at 5 a.m. all the time in the military. And then mm. and then I went to the night owl thing. And either way, I've been productive. Yeah. Right? It, like, just works. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting up really early because at, like, 5 or 6, when I was living in New York. And then I would, you know swim before work and that kind of thing and but now no there's no way no (laughs) (laughs) so you're working on a couple cool things you were talking about doing astrology retreats yes yes so oh my gosh this is in the works this is definitely in the works um i deeply love travel obviously and i love astrology and i love all different types of forms of healing. And um, I have a couple astrologers who are already on board to join. And, you know, I'm not sure on location yet. I'm kind of like a little bit very Sagittarius vibe right now, which I have like, no Sagittarius planets, but I'm like either, you know, Asia or or Greece or or Rome, but Mm -hmm. I have the I have these big visions of these, these retreats that are are really about discovering yourself and especially I think to start with women but then I will go you know towards both sexes as well but to start with women retreats where you know we can really dive deep into ourselves and self-healing really get liberated kind of do some experiences that get us out of our comfort zone like maybe like free diving for two days where we can practice like breathing techniques and stuff like that, which will help regulate you when you are angry or getting approached in some way that gets you just riled up and stuff and learning how to control your emotions in a different way and a different approach. 
other than just like meditation, which I will have meditation stuff in there too. But yeah, I'm really, really excited about retreat stuff. It's definitely something that I've been thinking about for a while and I'm just starting to get organized and hopefully by the end of next year, there'll be something happening. But of course it depends on COVID and travel and and that, but, but Asia, Asia would be wonderful guys because it's, it's super affordable. You know, the biggest thing might be the the ticket, you know, but once you're there, it's super peaceful. There's so much opportunity for healing and growth, hiking, nature, healthy food. I mean, you can get a fresh juice smoothie for a dollar around every corner. Yeah. You know, and here it's like $9, but it's <laughs> like, and they'll just cut it up fresh for you right there. And it's like off the tree. You know? Yeah. Is that like in Thailand or something? Yes. They would, yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. been? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. It's my favorite place in the world. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds great. And that sounds really cool. I mean, I've done a yoga retreat before, which I'm not really good at yoga, but. It's fine. I mean, I can just do whatever position I want when I decide to tap out. <laughs> like, I'm one of those who I like, oh, I, there are options. Thank you. You know? <laughs> it's but, hard to get into it. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's pretty cool. I mean, just to have like a f- focus and then to have time on your own at a retreat. So that's great. And yeah, I know COVID kind of put a uh, yeah. damper on that. Oh my gosh, totally. But it's also giving me the time to organize it and get it started. And I do think that once travel opens up and it's a little safer, like everyone's going to want to come out of their, mm-hmm. their shell a little while, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And like my approach too is like, I definitely want it to be like, like a very relaxed, chill healing thing with not like a strict schedule or anything. Mm-hmm. I really like the opportunity for choice and whatever you're feeling, you know, like I'll have like scheduled classes, especially around astrology work and like learning about your chart and yourself. And uh, hopefully I can get my aunt on board too. She's a psychologist and get her over there. That's really cool. And then you're also busy because you're working on a book. Yes. Yes. I'm writing yeah. two books. <laughs> two books. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Some people like getting one book is hard enough. So you're writing two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, one is easier for me to write. Because it's about a sex work and sexuality and, you know, feminism and, and women claiming their power and cutting down shame. It's very much geared around relationships, which ties into we're both Libra rising. So, you know, we learn a lot about relationships in this lifetime and how to find your, your individual self but also not losing yourself with others in relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the second book is going to kind of tie into this, but it's going to be more geared around Venus and understanding your Venus and your values and stepping into in your, your individuation from a very like practical approach that anybody can read and understand, but also dive into some astrology techniques that will be really easy for people to digest and just be able to look at your chart and then understand how to um, apply that into your life. Cool. I like to be very practical. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, you probably just learned that just like, you know, I mean, even in your service, just I don't think there's much room to just be impractical. 
right? <sighs> doing certain stuff. <laughs> People make things complicated very often. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's about like, overcomplicating. Yeah. 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 Yes, you learn. You live and you learn. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Well, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Oh, you have a podcast. So, yes. yeah, so people can learn more about you on your website and podcast. So maybe talk about all that because I think you can get your chart there too, right? Yes. So I have my website is www.astroroots.com and you can pull up your free natal chart there. I write a lot of articles. Uh, definitely sign up for my newsletter if you you know want to get updated with you know the current transits of the month and also full moons and new moons. That's a really great way to get started with connecting to connecting to your intuition, and you'll you'll be amazed. I do a lot of moon magic, so you'll be amazed at what you can actually manifest you doing moon work. Hence why I'm working on the Mama Moons course. I do have a YouTube channel. It's called The Scenic Route Astrology and Travel. And I'm covering, you know, the moon phases, the current astrological transits. It's a new channel, but it is going to grow. I'm doing, you know, spiritual sides. I'm I'm incorporating right now. I'm doing, you know, a cleanse. So I'm, I'm incorporating that and the health benefits of that and why it's good to do a cleanse right now, actually, with this current transits that are going on. And my podcast is The Scenic Route, and it's on SoundCloud and Apple iTunes. And I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram. Definitely follow me on Instagram. I'm very active there on The Scenic Route Astrology. And I think that's it. I'm open for readings. So I do natal readings. I will do progressed chart readings. I can do a year ahead reading where we kind of look at your whole entire year ahead, month by month. Um, and what you want to see, I can do, I can do all the readings. I can do all the things. So cool. Yeah. And it's really, it's an easy experience. I mean, and just kind of, kind of cool just to learn a little bit more about yourself from a different perspective, I think, you know, too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. So is there any like advice or mantra that you like to share with people? I mean, you've said a lot of different things, of course, but is there anything that you kind of like just to pass on? I think I would like to leave behind that, you know, let's cultivate joy as a survival tactic. Hmm. And uh, the, the more that you can embrace joy and find joy in your life and happiness, whatever that means to you, the more the universe aligns for you and you'll, you'll be drawn to your path. You know, what feels good. Hmm. That's yeah. nice. All right. So now I have my fun five. It's like the last questions I ask. Okay. Yes. So what's the oldest t-shirt you have and still wear? And I don't know if you're a t-shirt person, but. Oh man. I think I only have, man, I, I clean out my closet a lot of the times and give away clothes. So I, I think I have like a three-year-old Martha's Vineyard t-shirt right now. No, that's kind of cool though. I've never been there. So that's. It's yeah. very comfy and soft. Nice. That's yes. good. That's a good yeah. shirt to have. Yeah. And from a cool place. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So it seemed a bit like Groundhog's Day, at least way earlier in the pandemic. And mm. if you're like, I'm going to be isolating, so it's going to seem like that again. But if it was like that, what song would you have your alarm clock play every day? <laughs> this is awesome. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what I was listening to earlier. I was listening to Spice Girls earlier. So maybe <laughs> like... <laughs> 
This is so embarrassing. <laughs> I loved them when I was growing up. Yeah. Maybe like tell me what you want. All is right. That the name of no, it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll f- I know which one you're talking about anyway. <laughs> tell me what but... you want, what you really want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and oddly enough, I, over here, I think they're pretty, I don't think they're that made fun. Like, I think that's not embarrassing over here. Because they yeah. had like the Spice Girls musical here and everything. Like they did. They did previously. Yeah, I yeah. missed that. Yeah, my Damn. friend told me she went. I oh, love my them. friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, coffee or tea or neither. Coffee. Yeah. All day. In any sort of way or. I don't do the dairy, but I do like a latte, a oat milk latte with vanilla or hazelnut. Cool. Yeah. All day. <laughs> yeah, great. All right. And can you think of a time like you just laughed so hard you cried and couldn't stop or something that kind of makes you just laugh when you think of it? Yes, but I feel like it's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we just leave it back? We can skip it. Leave you on the. I'll tell you on the sideline. All right. But yeah, at least it does crack you up. So that's good. That's fun. All right. And then who inspires you right now? Oh, wow. Abraham Hicks. Mm -hmm. I love listening to her. I think she's um, hilarious. And she, she just makes me feel good every time. She's got a ton of stuff on YouTube, her books. I love Brene Brown's books. Yeah. And one of my teachers, Simon Vorster, he's, he's definitely inspirational right now too. Cool. The work that he's doing in the world and, and the work that I'm doing now with him. So, yeah. Great. On a smaller yeah. scale. No, that's great. I mean, that's it's who inspires you. Well, thanks so much, Michaela. It's been a lot of fun. And thanks for sharing about yourself and, and what you're doing now. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Great. Thanks. Thanks again for listening this week. You can find out more about the guest in the show notes and at RobbieAssaid.com. Joe Mafia created the music just for this podcast. Find him on Spotify. That's Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. And Rob Metke is responsible for our visual design. You can find him online by searching for Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Thanks, Rob. Let me know who you'd like to hear from or about your own experiences defining yourself outside of work. Follow at More Than Work Pod or send a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Or visit our website, morethanworkpod.com. Give us a follow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review if you like. Thanks for listening to More Than Work. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself.